this week in the parish of bourses and market structure. IEX targets Reddit retail. Beijing Stock Exchange already testing their SME platform, while we await the possibility of a China crackdown. Meanwhile, the FCA says no time to die for LIBOR. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 114. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. In the past week, demonstrators briefly occupied the Sao Paulo Stock Exchange in Brazil to protest inequality. Meanwhile, with an eye to inequality of a slightly different kind, the IEX exchange has assembled an advisory committee on retail trading. IEX exchange, the Flash Boys, are aiming to draw in more business from retail investors. And in the process, they're set to convene regular meetings of some of the biggest brokerages in an effort to enhance equity trading for retail investors that some critics have described as impaired. It's a fascinating move as IEX seeks to bring more Reddit retail flow to the Flash Boys bourse. Deutsche Börse's Eurex's global head of fixed income derivatives, Phil Simons, said this week, It's not a question of if liquidity moves, but a question of by how much and when, when it comes to the fact that he deems the relocation of euro clearing from London is inevitable. Frankly, it's always sad to see somebody drop their common sense in favour of a paycheck. At the same panel, it was noticeable that the boss of the London Clearing House was saying there has been no appreciable movement in euro clearing. See podcast Passim. Articles on CapEx by PLY, that's me, and indeed many, many issues of Exchange Invest newsletter for why Phil Simons is wrong. Banks and asset managers, they're backing a plan for an explosion in UK share trading. Top banks and asset managers have thrown their weight behind the proposals in Britain to grab curbs on share trading. Interesting to see how that develops because in many ways it could be a rather anti-exchange and pro-internalisation profile. One exciting development in terms of new offices this week, Arawak X, that's the startup SME-focused crowdfunding and exchange platform in the Bahamas. They've opened an office in Silicon Valley, California, no less. That's going to be an excellent opportunity to introduce the Arawak X platform, as well as the Bahamas and the Caribbean to potential US-based investors. Excellent news all round from Arawak X an exchange which PLY, that's me, is proud to advise. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. 
with additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young. Yes, that's me. Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators, and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Over in India, could it be finally that an NSE IPO is coming? Borsan Depository stocks rallied heavily during the course of the last week, as we heard once again the seemingly never-ending rumour the National Stock Exchange of India IPO process will be approved. Someday, that rumour may prove correct. In the meantime, it's interesting to note that CDSL, the settlement agency, is up 100% in the past six months alone, while the Bombay Stock Exchange, BSE, is up 120%. What would the valuation be right now of the NSE India, the much larger stock trading platform in the Indian market? Elsewhere, a little bit of pain for interactive brokers. They've been fined $1.75 million for lapses when the oil price went negative. In fact, they've ended up making in total something like a concession of over $84 million. That includes client restitution. It remains rather remarkable that so many parties have been fined concerning the Cushing crisis, yet the exchange responsible for the West Texas Intermediate Futures contract's failure when they went negative escaped any major official censure, let alone penalty. Censure of a sort, but no real penalty, the ASX, they're considering all recommendations in the Reserve Bank of Australia, that's the central bank's, Financial Stability Standards Report. It's a slightly milk-toast statement that came out from ASX during the course of the last week, where the central bank of Australia had clear causes for concern in what currently happens, let alone how the future might pan out when the new CSD system is finally operational at the self-styled technology company, which holds a monopolistic position in Australia's financial infrastructure. Meanwhile, the Bombay High Court was hearing an interim application filed by LaFin, which had sought orders against the MCX, the multi-commodity exchange, on the grounds that the exchange had exceeded a 120-day deadline for filing a written statement in response to a commercial suit that had been instituted under the Commercial Courts Act. The Bombay High Court, being highly unamused, promptly imposed a cost of 25,000 rupees on the private firm that had filed the suit. Elsewhere, news coming on October the 1st, Zav SPAC, the World Quantum Growth Acquisition Corp, has announced that the separate trading of its Class A ordinary shares and warrants will be taking place from October the 1st under the ticker symbol WQGA and derivatives thereof. One out of major results this week, IHS Market, their Q3 adjusted earnings beat estimates. Surely this must be the last time we see IHS Market reporting as an independent company, as of course they have been swallowed up by S&P Global, but the paperwork continues to finalise the deal. Some more excitement in new markets. Carbon markets are all the rage in Asia. Last month, China launched theirs. This week, Singapore announced the plan to develop a carbon credit trading marketplace. That announcement was soon followed by Thailand. Meanwhile, if you're looking for something to read during these exciting times of 
Well, lockdown for many still, but post-lockdown for a lot more people as well. Of course, the art of commuting can involve, say, reading a book, ladies and gentlemen. What better tome to turn to than my latest victory or death, blockchain, cryptocurrency and the fintech world. It's available from Amazon.com and all leading retailers, distributed by Ingram Worldwide and published by DV Books. In Cryptoland this week, only 10 Korean crypto exchanges have made the registration deadline for the necessarily AML KYC processes that Korean regulators had demanded some months ago. Elsewhere, Coinbase, they're going to let you deposit part of your paycheck into your Coinbase account. Meanwhile, Binance, the noose continues around its decentralized neck. They've stopped Singapore users buying or trading crypto on the main platform. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of Bourse bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at US$200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me patrick at derivativesvision.com. Exciting news in products. It may have been a slightly weaker Q3 across the world, but we're looking forward to a very exciting Q4. Possibility of an explosion of listings in Moscow Exchange and indeed the Saudi exchange Tadawul. They reckon they're going to end 2021 with over 30 new listings, according to the regulator. Elsewhere, a curious case of compulsion. In the week when we saw the new James Bond film coming to cinemas around the world, it was no time to die for LIBOR. The UK Financial Conduct Authority have announced that they will compel Ice Benchmark Administration to publish one, three and six month sterling and Japanese yen synthetic LIBOR rates. Oh deep joy, after making it absolutely clear that the end of LIBOR is Totally finally, the conclusion of calendar year 2021, now the FCA are demanding that ICE benchmark administration keep calculating a synthetic LIBOR, even after the point where, according to the blob's own demands, this rate is a dead parrot. Moreover, given the fact there was so much controversy over the calculation of LIBOR in the first place, how on earth can we argue that a synthetic LIBOR is really a perfect solution? So, the FCA has issued a blistering edict demanding ICE Benchmark Administration keeps calculating LIBOR even after definitively dismissing the notion LIBOR was anything but dead after December 31st, 2021. Of course, this FCA edict, compulsion no less, is couched as a temporary provision. You know, like British motorway speed limits, which were introduced temporarily in 1965, or indeed, Income tax, which seems to have survived almost 300 years in the United Kingdom since its temporary introduction. Market access, they're offering global investors access to the CIBM. There's your new acronym of the week, ladies and gentlemen, the China Interbank Bond Market. Courtesy of the Southbound Connect service through the Hong Kong Exchange, exciting times in the bond market. Elsewhere, the National Stock Exchange of India, they have confirmed they're doing away with stop-loss market orders in the options segment. 
The facility will, however, continue for futures. In technology, yes, it was shocking, wasn't it? I mean, it was only Thursday, September the 2nd that President Xi announced there would be a Beijing Stock Exchange for SMEs. But the Beijing Stock Exchange itself has already completed what it claims were rather comprehensive user tests over the last weekend. MarketNode and SGX and Temasek Digital Asset Venture have announced their partners ahead of key product launches. MarketNode are getting into bed with a series of banks, Barclays, BNP, Paribas, BNY Mellon, Citi, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, Orient Securities International, Standard Chartered, Societe Generale and UOB. Most excitingly, perhaps, for the parish, they are going to be relying in whole or part on technology from the blockchain settlement specialists Settle to deliver various systems to the enterprise. Over in Hong Kong, they've launched the Orion Central Gateway. That's a system fully integrated with the Hong Kong Exchange's securities trading system, offering improved performance and reduced latency compared with the vendor-supplied platform that it replaced. Archax, that's a UK-regulated MTF4. The digital asset world, which is yet to launch trading despite having been regulated since August of 2020, they've announced the launch of Montis. Montis Digital has the aim of launching a digitally native, blockchain-based, digital but blockchain-agnostic post-trade infrastructure. In crowdfunding news this week, Cedars have narrowed their losses as fundraising continues to grow. But frankly, I find it shocking. Cedars is still losing money. Indeed, they lost £4.33 million in the last year, despite this epic COVID bull market. Regulation this week, a simple prognosis from Gary Gensler, the chairman of the SEC. Crypto products offering returns cannot avoid regulation. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Robin Hood's CEO, Vlad Tenev, he said that the SEC regulatory push is about control, not investor protection. Good grief. Next of all, people could start accusing Gary Gensler of control freak aspirations. Where on earth would things go if stories like that began to spiral unchecked? Speaking of Gary Gensler, he's getting the band together again. Headline news and career paths this week. The CFTC Commissioner Dan Berkowitz is swapping over to the SEC to become General Counsel with John Coates leaving the SEC. That's a fascinating move as Gary Gensler reforms the CFTC band over on the two-dimensional trading side of securities regulation. Prior to being a commissioner, of course, Dan Berkowitz was Gary Gensler's CFTC general counsel from 2009 to 2013. Elsewhere, Sir Donald Bryden, the former chairman of the London Stock Exchange Group, which is a shareholder in Primary Bid. It's been announced that the new chairman of Primary Bid will be none other than, indeed, Sir Donald Bryden. Further to the news that we gave you earlier about Montis, the division of Archax that's looking at clearing and settlement provision, subject to regulation, 
The former EY Atos Euronext and Euroclear industry veteran Martin Watkins, indeed the parish's leading eminence grease in the Exchange Invest 1000 index, has been appointed as Montes' digital CEO. Congratulations to Martin. In Big World this week, well, interesting to go to the Hill and see that President Joe Brezhnev has tapped a big bank skeptic to become the new controller of the currency, none other than Cornell Law Professor Saul T. Omarova. Call it some mysterious force in the ether if you will, but Joe Brezhnev's latest blob pick, and boy, is his blob a soggy morass of paper qualified but wisdom light blobsters, see also the defence establishment and Afghanistan, another professor is being appointed, this time to head up the office of the controller of the currency. It seems somewhat quixotic to choose somebody who doesn't seem to even like the notion of the banks they're invited to work with. When old Brejo appoints a vegan to run the cattle rancher's regulatory body, we'll know his command and control moves are complete. It surely can't be far away now. Elsewhere, that elastic trickery thing, which is at the epicentre of powering almost everything, including even many cars nowadays, is in short supply. It's hard to point to one single point across the globe which has provoked the latest energy crisis, but there are issues seemingly almost everywhere. In the People's Republic of China, fingers have pointed to coal prices as one factor. Over half of the 31 mainland provincial jurisdictions are now rationing power leading to some irritation amongst the populace and indeed a great deal of panic amongst Chinese SMEs. Meanwhile, UK media managed to whip up a storm which provoked a petrol shortage this week, which as I noticed previously in Exchange Invest this week is an ideal test run of how things will look from the mud huts of the home counties once Boris Johnson's green agenda really kicks in. Ahead of winter, Europe has acute issues. The Russians aren't sending sufficient gas to replenish European supplies, and the useless Mrs Merkel, who still remains as caretaker-chancellor in Germany thanks to an inconclusive election result, Mrs Merkel has ceded energy security through a series of her bizarre decisions, closing nuclear plants, snubbing the Ukraine in favour of Russian pipelines, etc. etc. The EU has, plus a change, failed to think ahead, of course. There has been a clear failure of that textbook oxymoron, government thinking. In the energy division, things may become chillier before they get better this winter. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, this is myself, Patrick L. Young, the publisher of Exchange Invest, executive director of Valerian Blockchain, bringing the bridge to financial market assets in the digital and non-digital world. Wishing you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only.
The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.